0: Welcome once again to At Home in Your Hymnal. Pastor Clint Poppy, Pastor Adam Moline, we are privileged to serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for joining us for this special episode as we continue. Our theme, continue to look at hymns that every Lutheran should know. We, uh, we've looked at several hymns already, and uh, by popular demand, today we'll be looking at LSB 743. LSB 743, Jesus' Priceless Treasure. You heard that for our uh, little intro theme music coming in. We're going to take a look at each one of the six verses in LSB. Talk a little bit about the history of this hymn, connection to Johann Sebastian Bach. And we're also going to uh, run it through in our fourth segment. We will run it through the Wolf Mueller Hymn Cruncher to see how it fares. Uh, I can tell you right now, it's probably going to fare pretty fairly well. Uh, Pastor Moline, welcome. I know this is one of your favorite hymns. And um, any introductory remarks that you want to say uh, as we get set and get ready?
1: Yeah, uh, no, this is one of my very favorite hymns. I especially enjoy the third verse where we tell Satan where to go. Uh, that's always a good thing to do. Um, but uh, it's a great hymn. It's one that I uh, we really should all know and memorize and learn, and uh, we should sing it often in church. It is a little bit more challenging than maybe some of the other ones. The tune isn't, um, uh, you know, uplifting and happy. It's in a minor key, which uh, for the the time of the Reformation shows strength rather than uh, uh, kind of being sad is what we think of it now. But back in the day, that strength, um, and, uh, it, you know, it's one that we'll have to take a look at here. Okay. The uh, the
0: program, At Home in Your Hymnal, we want people to be at home in their hymnal in the corporate worship services in church, individual and family devotions. Encourage people to use their hymnal, to be familiar with it, to be comforted with it and by it. And one of the things that we're doing over these last several episodes and for the foreseeable future is we're taking a look at hymns, we're analyzing them theologically, <clears throat> we're analyzing them artistically, and encouraging you to be more at home with the hymnody in your hymnal. If you can't play an instrument, if you can't remember a tune, the internet is a marvelous source where you can find just the tune or choir singing the tune. It is, uh, it is an amazing time that we live in. So this opens up so many possibilities for not only preparing for worship, teaching these things to yourself, to your children, and uh, I don't know, we live in a great time. So thanks be to God for that gift. The uh, hymn, Yezu Priceless Treasure, has a rich and long and storied history. Um, so many times there's kind of a neat story behind the author of the hymn. Um, you know, He wasn't a pastor. Uh, he wasn't a pastor's son, he wasn't a theologian, he wasn't a buddy of Luther, um, but he's got a pretty great story. And uh, Pastor, it, well, you want to you share some
1: of those highlights? Yeah, sure. Uh, the hymn, Jesus Priceless Treasure, or in uh, German, uh, Jesu meine Freude. Uh, it was written by a man named Johann Frank, uh, and there's kind of a debate about Johann Franck. Is it Frank with a K, or is it Frank with a CK, uh, but uh, either way is fine. Uh, he, he lived in 1618 uh, to 1677. Now, if you're a history guy, you know that there's some big world events happening in Germany at that time that kind of do influence him and in his life, um, I think, in... Um, uh, almost the year he was born, the Thirty Years' War began and was fought uh, in its three phases throughout that entire time period of the first 30 years of his life, basically. You have the beginning where it's the conflict between uh, the Catholics and the Lutherans, uh, beginning with the second defenestration of Prague, throwing someone out a window. You have the um, Evolution of that, uh, where uh, Sweden gets involved and uh, comes to the rescue of the uh, the Lutherans, and that's kind of an important thing. In fact, you still have here in America in uh, some Lutheran churches things that celebrate Gustavus Adolphus, who was the king of the uh, uh, the Lutherans in Sweden that uh, helped rescue the the Lutherans from being defeated. And then you have this the last part of it where it becomes more of a uh, political war, and you begin. Uh, The birth of nation states and nationalism takes place, uh, and that's kind of a neat thing as well that comes out of the Thirty Years' War. Definitely a terrible tragedy. In the midst of the Thirty Years' War, you also have the Bubonic Plague ravaging Europe. And so uh, during these 30 years of war, it's estimated that maybe up to 50, 60 percent of the population of the Holy Roman Empire or Germany uh, dies either from famine, from war, or from the plague. And so it's a very difficult time to live. Uh, Johann Frank, uh, he actually becomes a mayor uh, later on in his life. He's born in a town called Guben, uh, which is in lower Lusatia. Uh, He visits, uh, uh, attends schools at different places, and uh, eventually studies law at the University of Konigsberg. Uh, and becomes a counselor in his native town Uh, we would say city council that sort of thing um, down in the rat cellar Um, and uh, he he eventually becomes the mayor of his town and even dies in his hometown in the midst of all this uh, work as mayor and things like that he also wrote many poems secular poems and also religious poems most of the secular poems are forgotten but uh, quite a few of the hymns have been kept around and are remembered Um, other ones like um deck thyself my soul with gladness uh, used by bach uh as well as um jesus priceless treasure uh he even did a translation of veni redemptor genitum or come savior of the nations which we sing in advent uh and so lots of lord Lutheran hymns. lord to
0: you i make confession yes that's in our hymnal uh so i mean he's he's a prolific hymn writer and uh, he's a poet the thing that the thing that uh, caught my eye when I was looking at his biography is he wasn't really an orphan, but he was kind of treated like an orphan. His dad died when he was two years old and they shipped him away to live with his uncle and his uncle adopted him. And then that's where his uncle was a lawyer, and this is where this, uh, the great education and all this, And it was during this time that his uncle discovered that he had a gift for poetry. And he did everything humanly possible, education-wise, to cultivate that gift of poetry. And then as the Thirty Years' War heated up, mom said, I need him back home. And so then he went back home. But the friends that he made, and maybe you can help us out with some of these names, Pastor. The friends that he made in his studies, the poets, the hymn writers, the theologians, people like Simon Dock, his beloved teacher and friend. August Buchner, professor of poetry at Wittenberg University. Johann Kruger, musician. Friend and countryman, who wrote the the
1: tune to Jesus' Priceless Treasure
0: that we're going to study today, and Christopher Peter Canter at the main church in Guben. So um, this this guy is uh, got quite a pedigree, and it just shows you that a layman, a layman with proper theology and the gifts of poetry and music can make a huge and lasting impression in the church.
1: Yeah, and that's worthwhile. That's why we teach our kids hymns. That's why we teach our kids um, to think and to write and to things like that, uh, so that they will be able to serve the church in the years to come, God willing.
0: The, uh, The first verse of... Yezu, priceless treasure, hymn 743, catches you right out of the gate. You want to read those words, Pastor? Sure.
1: Jesus, priceless treasure, fount of purest pleasure, truest friend to me. Ah, how long in anguish shall my spirit languish, yearning, Lord, for thee. Thou art mine, O Lamb divine. I will suffer not to hide thee, not I ask beside thee.
0: Okay, that word not is uh, not a word that we uh, use in our common vernacular very well. And, you know, when you have poetry in hymns, that happens quite often. And so when he says, um, I will suffer not to hide thee, not, I ask, beside thee, I want to say nothing.
1: That's what it means. And, in fact, maybe it's easier for... Uh, those of the English persuasion, because still in England today, they instead of zero, they say not. So not 0.3 or not 0.4, things like that. Um, and, and it means nothing, zero, zilch, nothing else. That's the only thing.
0: Okay, so Jesus, priceless <clears throat> treasure. Um, Jesus is valuable. We have a poetic language here. It's not Jesus is my credit card. He's priceless, and he is a treasure. Does that bring anything uh, biblical to mind as you hear that phrase, priceless treasure?
1: Well, there are a couple of parables that deal with um, treasures and and pearls and things like that, which actually that's the interesting thing in those... um parables, it's turned around where the priceless thing is us and Christ gives everything that he has to buy us and to make us his own. But I I think at the same time, we also could say that the scripture clearly teaches that there's nothing else more valuable in this world than Jesus himself, that he's the thing that really, truly matters. And so, God doesn't care if you have the nice car or the the big house or the fancy clothes uh, or the uh, supermodel spouse. God cares if Christ is in your life and if he has bestowed his gifts upon you. And when we're Christians, we realize that and we live in such a way as to confess that as this hymn is also confessing.
0: Okay, as we go into our first break, let's listen to the first stanza of LSB 743 Jesus priceless treasure Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal. This is Pastor Clint Poppy. Along with me is Pastor Adam Moline. We are looking at hymns that every Lutheran should know. We are taking a look today specifically at LSB 743, Jesus, Priceless Treasure. want to uh, give a shout out for <coughs> the folks where we are uh, getting our music today from off of YouTube. We are... Uh, Uh, playing the bread of life conference from 2016 Uh, this is the higher things bread of life conference 2016 one that was in colorado and it just so happened that uh, pastor moline and his congregation were there is that correct
1: pastor that's correct in fact uh, you can hear my voice if you listen really carefully it's the one that's singing the wrong notes Ah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sure of that. I'm sure of that. Okay, well, we just started scratching the surface with... uh uh, LSB 743 Jesus Priceless Treasure Verse One. In uh, in our first segment, we spent uh, most of our time talking about uh, some of the uh, historical background with regard to the author of this tomb. The um, the uh, very very difficult time in the 17th century that uh, people had to live in Germany. The uh, Thirty Years War. The uh, a time of uh, terrible terrible uncertainty. A time of economic, um, not only uncertainty, but economic crisis, and a time when death was very, very common and uh, we 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 can't comprehend anything like that if you were if you were uh, growing up in europe during the bombing of world war ii maybe you might get a little bit of a feel for the kind of things that were going on here but to to author a poem a hymn with uh, not only great words but a magnificent tune that has stood the test of time to bolster Christians during uh, crises, uh, maybe even during a pandemic. Uh, what a what a great gift from God and uh, Franck or Franck Franca, I, I, uh, however you want to say his name. Um, and uh, no disrespect intended there, of course, but he was a layman. He used his gifts, talents, and abilities
1: to uh, build the church, and we are still singing it today. The, the death toll, I was looking it up while you were talking, 30-year war death toll, 8 million dead. That
0: is that is staggering. <laughs> that is staggering. And if you wanted to do, compare that to the uh, world population or the uh, population of that part of the world during that time, um, it would be even— even more staggering. Pastor, one thing to note in your hymnal, and if you've got LSB 743 open right now, you'll, uh, you'll notice that down on the bottom of the first page, it tells the text uh, who wrote the hymn, uh, Johann Frank, 1816 to 70, uh, 1877, who translated the hymn, Catherine Winkworth, and uh, she translated many, many hymns. Right underneath there, you see the tune Johann Kruger. 1598 to 1602, the particular setting that was uh, copyrighted uh, by uh, Lutheran Book of Worship in 1978. Text and tune, uh, text and music are both in the public domain, so there is no ongoing copyright issue. And then, um, well, over there you see the name of the tune and the meter, but you see in tiny, tiny, tiny little print the Bible passages that are the and substance, the, this hymn is based on these particular Bible passages. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. 1 Peter 1. And that's 6 through 9. 6 through 9. It's so tiny I can barely read it. Romans 8, 38 and 39. John 6, 68 and 69. Um, Pastor,
1: we got some pretty famous Bible passages here. You want to read that first one? Yeah, the first one uh, you probably know from your small catechism. Uh, We quote it in the uh, second article of the Creed, and it says this, Knowing that you are ransomed from the futile futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot.
0: And so we see, not with gold or silver, but with the holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting innocence, righteousness, and blessedness. Uh, those marvelous words. And I would I would submit, I would contend, I would fight. Those are the most beautiful human words ever written. Um, the Luther's explanation of the second article of the Apostles' Creed. And we see that coming out beautifully here in the first stanza of LSB 743, Jesus' priceless treasure, font of purest pleasure, truest friend to me. Pastor, theologically speaking, we generally become very, very, uh, I want to say experts at making friends with mammon making friends with sin, making friends with the world, making friends with things that we should not be making friends with. How is the the first line here teaching us what a Christian life should look like?
1: Well, it um, it confesses the reality of what the true most important thing in our life ought to be, and that is Jesus. He's more important than our body. He's more important than our home. He's more important than our car, than our cell phone, than our uh, friends, all these things. Jesus is the most important thing. And that doesn't mean you can't have, uh, you know, friends or take care of your body and things like that. But it means the only thing that lasts forever is Jesus. Uh, Even uh, the fount of purest pleasure, that reminds me of uh, the Gospel of John, where Jesus talks to the woman at the well and says, um, if you drink the water that I will give you to drink, then you will have uh, streams of flowing water welling up within you to eternal life. And that I think that's a, an allusion to that reality. Jesus is the thing that gives us eternal life. Nothing else will.
0: No, and when people today think of uh, <clears throat> eternal pleasure, it usually has some kind of a sensual or sexual reference to it. There might, might be um, You know, financial or something like that. Uh, Could even be food or culinary delight. But uh, Jesus surpasses all of that. We get very real as the hymn continues Ah, how long in anguish shall my spirit languish, yearning, Lord, for thee. Uh, Why is a person in anguish and languishing? and yearning for god what's going on here pastor
1: well uh we live in a sinful world which is full of many challenges and difficulties uh and this then refers then a little earlier to the uh the inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls and this again says jesus which is the object of our faith is the most precious important and and wonderful thing especially as we live in a world of sin sickness uh in Johann frank's day war uh pestilence and uh and death Jesus is the only thing that can overcome these trials. That
0: section from First Peter that you just read. When do we read that most often in the life of the church?
1: We we usually read it uh, at death and at uh, funerals. funerals.
0: Funerals. That is one of the primary epistle readings for the funeral of a Christian, and um, uh, it just it hits it hits things very very well. Now uh, it continues. Thou art mine. O Lamb divine, I will suffer naught, nothing to hide thee, uh, nothing, naught. I ask, beside thee. This is a confession of faith, a bold confession of faith in the midst of languishing and anguish. And I'm struck by the title, the divine title that is given to Jesus. We know the songs about Jesus. Jesus is the first word in the hymn. Um, And now Jesus is called the Lamb divine. Unpack that for us, Pastor. This
1: brings us then to St. John the Baptist, who called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, which is an allusion then to the cross uh, and suffering of Christ. And so we have Jesus, who's our priceless treasure, the most valuable thing, who also is the Lamb of God who suffered, bled, and died so that we might be forgiven our sins. And that's why then uh, we wouldn't give anything, we wouldn't cling to anything except for him in this world because we know all the world is transient and passing away and only the one who's defeated this world matters this is frank's confession in the hymn and it is a bold
0: call for this to be the confession of every christian in trial and tribulation pastor we we got uh, five more verses here that we need to look at
1: so do you want to read verse 2 in thine arms I rest me, foes who would molest me cannot reach me here. Though the earth be shaking, every heart be quaking, Jesus calms my fear. Lightning's flash and thunders crash, yet though sin and hell assail me, Jesus will not fail me. Wow.
0: What, uh, what beautiful word pictures, and uh, they, they, they drip With scripture, they drip with biblical images and allusions. If you were going to put the, you've already had several that aren't listed here in the bottom uh, of our hymnal. If you were going to list all of the allusions to parts of scripture that we've already had in the first two verses, uh, it would be a very, very long list. It would almost be impossible for that list to be uh, comprehensive. In thine arms I rest me, foes... Who would molest me? I keep thinking of Jesus saying, you're in my hands, and nothing or no one can snatch you out. You're in my Father's hands. Nothing or no one can snatch you out. I and the Father are one. Pastor?
1: Yep, that's exactly what he's uh, telling us and confessing here. And even the uh, the foes that he's speaking about aren't just... Um, other people in the world but he's also going to we're headed this direction where he's talking about the uh, spiritual warfare that's going on all around us the demons who seek to distort and manipulate god's word to lead us astray Uh, they can't do so when we belong to christ in other words we are safe in christ and satan cannot take us away from the faith
0: the devil the world and the flesh attack us Let's hear verse 2 of LSB 743, Jesus' Priceless Treasure, as we go into our next break.
2: 7FM, Lincoln, Nebraska.
0: Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal, Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline. We serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In this program, we take a look at Lutheran worship, Lutheran hymnody, the divine liturgy, all kind, all aspects of um, theology and practice that our hymnal brings to us. Today in episode 43, we're looking at hymn number 743 Jesus Priceless Treasure this hymn has a um, a great history as well. And I want to make sure we get through all six verses that are in LSB. Uh, TLH had six verses. It was uh, 347 in uh, the Lutheran hymnal, the same six verses that we have in uh, LSB. In uh, LW, the precursor to LSB, there were only five verses. It was hymn 270 in LW. And uh, verse five that we have in LSB was omitted uh, and L- uh, LW did that a lot, you know. Shortened up some of the hymns, especially got rid of some of the verses that were, um, you know, kind of a focus on sin or false doctrine and things like that. I think that was intentional. But we have we have all six verses here. But pastor, what I want to talk about is the long and rich history that this hymn has in Lutheranism, especially through the work of Bach. And I don't want to turn this into a bringing back. Bach program you've got your own program for that but um, what can you what can you tell us um, in a reader's digest kind of form about how Bach utilized and was influenced by this particular hymn
1: yeah no uh, this is one that Bach did use a lot Um, it's one that he uh, I think really enjoyed and I think it felt Felt appropriate to use uh, in a lot of the, the settings that he did because it expresses things so very clearly. Um, Bach used this in, uh, I think it's number 12, his cantata number 12, Weinenklagen, Sorgen, which I think I have a Bach uh, cantata show on that you can take a look at. He used it in. Uh, um, uh, funeral hymns, uh, funeral cantatas. He used it in uh, motets. Uh, and uh, I can think of at least six times that he used it in different places. And I think it's even in one of the passions, if I remember correctly. Uh, and so Bach just really appreciated it. And I think that that speaks about the quality of hymn that it is, that Bach used it in so many different places and brought it before the congregations uh, that he served as cantor.
0: And uh, I think I think the one thing that your Bach program has done for me is uh, showed that uh, lay people uh, are capable of doing things that we probably uh, would not think that they are musically. And uh, here we have a layman who's written this marvelous uh, hymn. And I th- I think we've shortchanged our people and gone to the lowest common denominator denominator way 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 too much in uh, in verse 2 now back to verse 2 of Jesus priceless treasure in that uh, second line it says uh, um, foes who would molest me cannot reach me here though the earth be shaking I cannot help but think of Psalm 46 um, with uh, the the uh, the the earth quaking or shaking Uh, every heart be quaking, Jesus calms my fear. How many passages in Scripture do we have where it talks about fear not, how perfect love drives out fear, how the, the Christian is calmed in the person and work of Jesus Christ.
1: Even the words of Christ at the resurrection where he comes and appears before the disciples and says, fear not
0: lightnings flash and thunders crash we have a little uh we have a, a law picture a judgment theme picture here mount we sinai. have mount sinai picture here yet and that, that's often yet and but are often gospel words yet though sin and hell assail me jesus will not fail me um you know, too many times in uh, in modern hymnody, people are afraid to talk about sin. You know, I might be broken, but I'm not a sinner. And I think uh, I think this is something that we can learn from the uh, the older hymns, the ancient hymn writers. They weren't afraid to talk about the sinful condition and the consequences that come about because of the sinful condition. And uh, Maybe that's not only for people sitting in the pews singing the hymns. Maybe that's for pastors and preachers as well. Yes. Um, Pastor, do you want to read verse 3 of Jesus' priceless treasure? And then we'll listen to that uh, and uh, see if we can't get a couple of verses in this uh, section.
1: Satan, I defy thee. Death, I now decry thee. Fear, I bid thee cease. World, thou shalt not harm me, nor thy threats alarm me. While I sing of peace... God's great power guards every hour. Earth and all its depths adore Him. Silent bow before Him.
0: We have uh, again countless, countless uh, biblical images and themes that are brought out in verse, uh, verse three. How did you say that before? We, uh, we uh, tell in, Satan where to go. We and tell and Satan it, where to go, and, and that it, there's a the, a more uh, more modern hymn, um, uh, the Baptist. Ba- the uh, god's own child i gladly say it we we kind of do that in that hymn yes. too uh but uh here satan i defy thee
1: and and think of the words of the baptismal right you know do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways and we repeat it again in confirmation and uh that that's the same sort of thing that's here it's a uh Exorcism that's taking place in the Oh,
0: area. I love that. I love that. Let's listen to verse three, and then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the beautiful imagery there. What a majestic verse to that hymn. I'm thinking of uh, catechism. I teach uh, the, uh, the confirmads, the catechumens. I teach them, uh, question, what three things or enemies tempt us to sin? And they respond, the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. And here in verse 3, we have all of those unpacked for us, the things that are attacking us, the things that are assailing us, and we are bold, making a bold confession in the midst of that, that bold confession that nothing or no one can deter, uh, can rob me of my peace. While I sing of peace, God's great power guards every hour. Earth and all its depths adore him, silent bow before him. How many of the hymns uh, of the Old Testament, the Psalms, how many of the Psalms don't give us that word picture where the world, where kingdoms, where nature, where false idols, everything grows silent before the one true God? Pastor, comments on verse 3?
1: Yeah, even uh, the idea that... um, Worship is done reverently, right? Silently we bow before him. We're not telling him what we think. We're not telling him our opinions. But instead, we're uh, at his feet, uh, kneeling before him, ready to receive what he is going to give. And I think that that's a great picture here as well. So what's the way that we defy Satan? We come to church. We gather in God's house. We hear his word. We receive baptismal waters and eat the Lord's Supper. And that's the way we tell Satan where to go.
0: As uh, Brother Kuhlman would say, we defy sat- Satan in five letters, F-A-I-T-H. We hear the word of God and believe it, and in so doing, we tick Satan off, and uh, what, a, uh, what a great Great picture that
1: is. Pastor, do you want to read the wor- words of verse 4, please? Hence all earthly treasure, Jesus is my pleasure, Jesus is my choice. Hence all empty glory, not to me thy story, told with tempting voice. Pain or loss or shame or cross shall not from my Savior move me, since he deigns to love me. Okay, Pastor, we, uh, we have a
0: verse here that uh, might. Make some Lutherans a little bit nervous, and uh, you know the word that I'm talking about, don't you? Choice. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, how you how you going to spin that one for us?
1: Well, the way that I would spin it, if that's what we're doing here, is to say <laughs> this <laughs> is I'm, all. It's tongue in cheek when I said that. This is already the voice of faith, and and I think even in uh, our Book of Concord, we talk about that. The Christian does choose. Jesus in the sense that chooses to come to church, chooses to receive the gifts and things like that. It's not a conversion sort of choice, but rather it's the voice of faith that's saying, I want more of what I've already received.
0: And, uh, you know, we've we've been critical of some hymns where certain phrases are thrown out there and they're very ambiguous. It is clear by the time we get to verse 4, in this hymn, that we are talking about the life of a Christian. We are talking about the Christian walk. We are talking about the sanctified life. We are not talking in any way, shape, or form about conversion. So we're not talking about choosing Jesus or asking Jesus into our heart. We are talking here about the difficult choices Christians make every day. And with God on our side as our, as our treasure, Our pleasure, he is the thing, the one that we choose as we have these difficult choices between the devil, the world, and our flesh. And nothing, not even shame or the crosses that we bear, will move me away from my Savior's arms. As we go into our next break, Pastor, let's listen to verse 4, hymn 743, Jesus, Priceless Treasure. This is at home in your hymnal episode 43 we'll be back after a short break don't change that dial
2: you are listening to k n n a l p 95.7 fm lincoln nebraska
0: Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal. Pastor Clint Poppy, Pastor Adam O'Lean. We serve the Saints of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for tuning in today. And uh, just be aware, we have uh, many, many wonderful programs looking through the Divine Liturgy, talking about the theology of Lutheran worship, and also a few episodes on hymns. We've we've started kind of a new uh, series here. We're looking at... Lutheran hymns out of Lutheran Service Book. We're looking at hymns that every Lutheran should know and uh, maybe consider memorizing them or teaching them to your family. We have uh, parked the car here on episode 43 at LSB 743, Jesus Priceless Treasure. In our uh, first segment, we did a Uh, introduction and talked about the author and the tune and verse one in uh, the second part we looked a little bit more at some of that introductory kind of stuff, verse 2. In our last segment, we talked a little bit about Bach and verses 3 and 4. And uh, in our final segment, we want to look at the last two verses of Jesus' priceless treasure. And we also want to put this hymn through the Wolfmuller Hymn Cruncher. So we got a lot to do in the next 10 minutes or so. Pastor, do you want to read the words of verse 5 of LSB 743?
1: Evil world I leave thee, thou canst not deceive me, thine appeal is vain. Sin that once did blind me, get thee far behind me, come not forth again. Pass thy hour, O pride and power, sinful life thy bonds I sever, leave thee now forever.
0: Well, I can see why L.W. Uh, omitted that hymn. It talks about sin, it talks about death, it talks about uh, you know some of the things we don't like to think about and uh, it's very key especially at this spot in the hymn and to uh, to remove it to gut it or whatever leaves a gaping hole in the hymn wouldn't you agree
1: it does plus how often do you get to use the second person singular present tense of the word can i mean <laughs> yeah. it, it, that's worth keeping it in there just for that oh golly Um uh, Evil World
0: I Leave Thee. What are we talking about there, Pastor?
1: We're talking about the life of a Christian uh, and how, as we have another hymn that we probably should do on this show eventually, uh, I'm but a stranger here. Heaven is my home. That's the reality um, for us as Christians. I'm not saying we don't live here. We do. But we know that our promise is the new world, the world that's come, resurrection, eternal life. And so uh, because that's our reality, we seek to leave our sinful lives behind us.
0: Our citizenship is in in heaven uh, every time we pray the Lord's Prayer we pray deliver us from evil that image is brought out right here Jesus told Peter get thee behind me Satan and here we have sin that once did blind me get thee far behind me so we have that word picture and that imagery coming out um, sinful life thy bonds I sever I'm going to die and yeah. we know that God will not leave us. The, th- the things of this world will leave behind, but God will not leave us. Let's listen to verse 5 of LSB 743. Christ will not leave us, but we will be leaving our sinful life forever. Pride and the the power that we think is so important in this world, those things will be gone, and we will be with our Lord Jesus forever. Verse 6, Pastor.
1: Hence all fear and sadness, for the Lord of gladness Jesus enters in. Those who love the Father, though the storms may gather, still have peace within. Yea, whate'er I here must bear, Thou art still my purest pleasure, Jesus, priceless treasure.
0: Okay, what can you? uh, How do you want to sum up this verse six, Pastor, with regard to everything that we've talked about so far, and now this uh, this conclusion, this culmination this uh, crescendo
1: with verse 6. Yeah, this is kind of a summary of all the things that we've confessed before, and it does it uh, almost in a doxological way. We talk about Jesus, we talk about the Father, and and I don't think the uh, Holy Spirit is missing from here either, even though he's not explicitly mentioned uh, when we talk about um, the love that we have for God and how the gifts of God enter into us. And so in that sense, we're confessing that we are boy, it's almost like a mighty fortress within the God that we worship. Uh, He's the one who protect us and uh, therefore he is still our most important valuable commodity.
0: That third line, I almost get the picture of like um, Jesus swooping in to the rescue. You know, all these things are surrounding us. Jesus enters in. Uh, We have that that word picture in a mighty fortress where he stands on the plane he is defeating us uh, you think of any of the cartoon superheroes that are out there who who comes in to save the day
1: here he uh, comes to save the day yes
0: and, and all of these things that and th- this is no joke this is no myth this is no cartoon this is real and even though the storms may gather think about the Terminator in the end of that Terminator movie the storm clouds are gathering we still have peace within why because of that treasure that is jesus christ let's listen now to verse six of lsb 743 jesus priceless treasure there you have it we've now listened to all six verses of jesus priceless treasure and uh, what a magnificent hymn not only the words but uh, also the uh, uh, poetry the imagery everything that you could possibly want and imagine in a hymn Um, pastor help me out Uh, seems like it's there doesn't it
1: it 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 does and it's uh, got that great confession that we make and then it also uh, goes on the offensive against Satan uh, and that's really good too because I think sometimes we just passively sit around and let him do his business not this him it uh, it goes right for his throat
0: and I I really like that uh, you know the uh, the the best offense is a good defense the best defense is a good offense and uh, we're not sitting back passively and uh taking the arrows from satan we are attacking because christ is the one who is on our side and he is the one who is attacking through his person and his work we need to uh we need to take a look at the uh wolf Mueller hymn cruncher we do this at the end of uh, the examination of every hymn we're looking at lsb 743 jesus priceless treasure six verses um Written by Johann Frank. And uh, number one, is Jesus mentioned, if yes, in name or in concept?
1: He's mentioned in the name of the hymn, and he's mentioned, boy, but almost a dozen times in the, the course of the hymn as well.
0: Yes. Number two is clarity. Is the song clear? Does it use sentences with subject, verb, object, or sentence fragments?
1: I think it is very clear. It does have a little bit of older language that maybe we need to uh, uh, do some learning to uh, help understand what we're saying, but it is clear and it does use complete sentences or at least complete ideas in its uh, poetry.
0: And uh, the the poetry is magnificent in that it uses and incorporates biblical images uh, throughout all of Scripture that... As you, as you sing this hymn or as you read through the lines, the, uh, the Bible passages just, just were exploding in my mind. All the different things that uh, came to mind and to me, that is, that is the mark of, a, of an outstanding uh, poetic hymn. Number three, mysticism, subjectivity versus objectivity. Is the song about the things that God has done objective or about my own emotions and experiences subjective? Pastor, what do you think?
1: Well, it does both. Um, There definitely is the reality that Christ has died on the cross and defeated sin, death, and the power of the devil. And then there's also the discussion about this is then our life in Christ. But it makes sure to get all of that in the proper order and in the proper sense.
0: Okay, and uh, I know that there was some criticism of this hymn by the old Lutherans, uh, as uh, as I read in the uh, L.W. Hymnal Companion, that they thought it was too emotional or too subjective. And if you compare this with a hymn like "Salvation Unto Us Has Come," that is very, very objective. Nothing, v- nothing subjective in it at all. This is both, and it uh, it. It tends toward that sanctification, that sanctified life, but it does not in any way take away from the objective work of Christ as well. Number four, law and gospel: Does the song proclaim its law and its sternness and the gospel in its sweetness? Is the gospel conditional, etc.?
1: It it does that magnificently. It has law and gospel very very well and very clear.
0: Pastor, let me ask you a question: Could could you say that the gospel could be a little bit more explicit in this hymn because there is no reference to the cross specifically and no reference to uh, the forgiveness of sins specifically?
1: Uh, you know, it, maybe it could be uh, in that regard. We do have, um, let me try and find it here real quick, the The reality, um, those sin and death So, though sin and hell assail me, Jesus will not fail me. It doesn't clearly say that Jesus went to the cross, but it really, there's no other way to take those words, I would say.
0: Yeah, well, uh, that that would be my only critique, and I'm trying to be fair, yep. trying to be objective no, uh, as we do this. And uh, is there any explicit false teaching, Pastor?
1: Not that I can tell.
0: No, yeah. I don't think so either. Uh, and so, uh, Pastor, uh, we, we've we been doing this. Uh, if you're going to rate this on a scale of 1 to 10, what, uh, what would you do with Jesus' priceless treasure?
1: I think I'd give it a 9.5.
0: That is exactly, uh, great minds think, think alike here, uh, I, that was exactly what I was thinking, and uh, nine and a half only, only because it could have a little bit more explicit detail to the cross, out of the tomb, forgiveness of sins, bloody kind of stuff dripping there. But uh, it is a magnificent hymn, and it is a hymn that every Lutheran should be familiar with and consider learning. Pastor, I'm going to give you the last word.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I think it's another example of a Lutheran hymn that we all should know and we should memorize and, uh, and study, and so I'd encourage you to do that for the next couple weeks. Sing the hymn often and learn it uh, and uh, make it familiar.
0: All right, this is At Home in Your Hymnal, episode 43. We'll catch you
2: next time. God's richest blessings in Christ.